What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Sunday, March 12th. We promise you guys we will be back tonight. We, we recorded on Friday and we posted an episode on Friday and we're back tonight. Just two days later, a little bit uncharacteristic of these times for me and Matt. But uh, but we promise you guys we had to get it out. We had to get a little selection Sunday reactions episode out. And it's going to be out for you guys. You guys are probably listening to this on Monday morning or Monday during the day or maybe even Tuesday. But don't worry, we're going to have another episode on Tuesday night coming out, which is going to be our full bracket picks episode. So today's just really a reaction to the to the bracket um, and to, you know, how the selection committee made the bracket and how how they kind of went about seeding teams and, and which regions we think are, are are harder than others if there if there is that kind of dynamic there so there's lots of, there's there's a little bit to talk about today it'll probably be a shorter ish episode uh probably under an hour but we'll see it, it's it's going to be what it'll be and you guys know that Matt and I can talk about it for hours if we wanted to but we will spare you guys the time of of making this a huge long-winded episode and we're just going to kind of go over our first reactions to it. So, I'm super excited. I I've been waiting for this day for a very long time. I've been super excited about the tournament for the past like week-ish. Basically ever since I got back from my spring break trip, that's all I've been thinking about is the tournament because I've been watching conference tournaments and those were awesome. They did not disappoint at all. And so now we've got March Madness coming up in less than a week. Wednesday starts the madness with the playing games. And then, we, and then we've got the tournament actually starting on Thursday and it's going to be a great, great week slash weekend coming up. So that's what's on tap for today. I've got Matt on the other end here, Matt, how are you? I am the most happy that I will be all year. Yes. Okay. And Hayden knows this. It's mm-hmm. my favorite time of the year. It's the best day of the year selection Sunday. Um, I, I don't get very much sleep on nights like this. Uh, I won't get much sleep probably throughout the rest of the week because there will be so much to do. Um, as, as Hayden said, yeah, this is kind of the best, the best time of the year. Um, and, and, you know, th- there's, there's a lot to talk about. Um, I think this is Like I said, or like Hayden said, kind of going to be more of just a, a reactions episode, right. To, to what we think about the, uh, the bracket, the seedings kind of, you know, who the one seeds are, who the two seeds are, you know, how we think that they're going to be able to fare through their regions, what the toughest regions are, that, that, that type of stuff, um, just to kind of get, get an introduction into things that way, kind of, you know, as, as you're listening to uh, this episode early in the week, you can kind of just, you know, hear, hear our initial thoughts on it. And then as Hayden said, we'll obviously have an episode that we go, go through all our picks. Um, so, so yeah, I, but you know, again, it's the best, uh, best day of the year for me. It's my favorite, favorite weekend of the year is actually well technically my 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 favorite days of the year as a whole are going to be this coming thursday through saturday or thursday through sunday when the games are actually played because that's when all the madness incurs and and uh and you can pretty much rip up your brackets and all the work that you've done on the sunday through through wednesday um is now all for naught because there's that 15 seed that's going to sneak out and and ruin everyone's bracket uh but again that's just all part of the fun so uh definitely just kind of a lot of happiness going on here in the bozar household yeah, that's exactly right. I probably won't be getting as little sleep as Matt because I do, um, I don't know, I, I do have kind of a, a heavy workload this week in terms of school, but I don't know. I'm going to have to balance that with making brackets and I'm going to spend, I always spend hours on my first bracket. And then as Matt has said in the past, we make 25 brackets, the max that you can make on ESPN. We all put them in a pool together on ESPN along with our dad. So we have 75 total brackets in one pool between three people. And that's how we do it. And 
it's just cool to see kind of the what happens throughout the throughout the tournament. But yeah, I basically make my first five brackets and actually think about my picks for those brackets. And then for the rest of the 20 or maybe maybe 10, I actually think about them. And then for the rest of the, the 15, I kind of just click random buttons. So I'm, I'm excited to do that. I'm hoping to get my first bracket done by tomorrow morning and then I can kind of do the rest of them throughout the week and kind of just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm doing them more mindless mindlessly than I hope to, but uh, I don't know. It, it'll, it'll be what it'll be. And it's going to be a fun match March madness season. Also, one thing to note is that, uh, and you guys probably do not care at all about this right now, but I, I love this because uh, in our little Google doc that we have, where we share our ideas or we kind of, we kind of just jot down things that we're going to talk about in the podcast. Usually we put CBB for college basketball as like the little header for the set, the college basketball segment that we have, but now we get to put March madness because I, I think that March madness deserves its own header or it deserves its own segment name. So now it's March madness and it'll be that way. It'll stay that way through the beginning of April when, or mid-April maybe is when the champ I think it's beginning of April is when the championship is so we'll say that way until the championship game is played and then it'll go back to college basketball but we probably won't even we don't really really talk about college basketball from mid-April until November so it's uh it yeah it, it it's gonna be a fun time though uh that's for sure and without further ado uh I'm just gonna get right into the March Madness segment so as we said we're just gonna go over a little bit of of kind of our first reactions to what the bracket is and how the selection committee seated everybody. Uh, I think the, I think the only thing that's right to do right now. And first off is to go over the one seeds because that's kind of what everybody raves about at first. Uh, that's a, a lot of times that's what's usually up for debate at first. And then people kind of move into the rest of the bracket and they start talking about, Oh, like Matt said, which 15 seed is going to upset the two seed this year, or, you know, how many, how many 11 over six upsets are we going to get this year? Because that's kind of common. Same with the five over 12 or the 12 over five, all that. So we can kind of, we can mention some of those later, but I think it's only fair to go over the one seeds here. And we have Alabama at the number one overall seed. Also, also the one seeds are the only ones that are placed by region in order. So like, if you go, if you didn't know this, if you go in your, on your bracket and you see the top left region and then you go to the top right region, that's the number two overall one seed. Um, and then you go down to the bottom, right. That's number three overall one seed, which would be Kansas in this case. And then the bottom left is the quote unquote worst one seed, which is Purdue this year. Um, and so, but that's the only time that, that, that it works out like that. So like, for example, uh, I'm pretty sure Arizona is, they're a two seed in the top left region, which is the South region. But I think they're the seventh overall seed in the tournament, which would, wouldn't make any sense. It would make sense if they were five because they're in that top left. So it's, it's only this way for one seeds. Um, and so we've got kind of a, an overall ranking to these one seeds. We've got Alabama as the top seed in the tournament in all of college basketball. Then we've got Houston, then it's Kansas, then it's Purdue. A lot of people are a little bit uneasy about, about, Alabama being at the number one overall spot. Some people thought that uh, Houston should have made it to the number, number one overall spot. I think Alabama was ranked number one going into conference tournament play. And so that's most likely why they, they got to that point. Um, I'm also, I mean, I did they, Matt, did they win their, they, they won the SEC, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So the, since they won the SEC as well. Like 20 points over Texas A&M today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch those games because I didn't have time, but, um, but yeah, they're 
obviously there for a reason. Some are making an argument for Houston just because Houston's had so many good wins and are, they're just such a good team. I don't know, Matt, do you have any opinions on Alabama slash Houston, or are you going to take this in the different route with Purdue and Kansas? I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that they put Alabama number one overall. They were number one to end the season like that last week of the regular season. They were, they were ranked number one. Uh, and then obviously pretty much did everything that they could have done. Right. They got in the SEC tournament. They, beat everyone in the SEC tournament. They beat all the higher seeds. They won the, the, you know, the, the tournament. All right. So it's kind of like, that's, that's kind of, you kind of just have to put them there. Right. Um, because if they were already ranked number one, going into the, going into the week, they win their entire conference tournament. And, and that's kind of, you know, it is, it is what it is at that point. Um, I obviously, I just overall agree that all of the one seeds that were one seeds should have been the one seeds. I think that pretty much those four teams all year have been, the, the teams that are ranked closest or the, had the overall number one ranking, like in the AP poll uh, each week, pretty much throughout the, throughout the year, it was, it was, it was always between Alabama, um, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. That was, that was pretty much it. So I definitely think that they, they got all the number one seeds right now, the order, you know, who's ranked ahead of who, it, I don't think it really matters. Um, I would say that Purdue probably should have been above Houston and Kansas simply because I mean, you know, they play in the Big Ten, which got the most teams into the conference or into the into the tournament. That was the conference that had the most teams um, that got into March Madness. And they won the regular season. They won the conference tournament. I know that they didn't really they had kind of had an easy path, especially at the end there. They played the 13 seed Ohio State and the 10 seed Penn State uh, to, to kind of in the semifinals and and then the championship game of the of the Big Ten tournament. But they did it right. I mean, they won the regular season. They won the conference tournament. And I think that having them as the as the fourth or the fourth number one seed, the lowest ranked number one seed is, is probably a little bit of a of a questionable move there especially seeing that Kansas and, and again Big 12 is the best conference you know there's just not as many teams so they didn't get it didn't get as many bids um, but Kansas was kind of the, the highest ranked team of the Big 12 which is the best conference pretty much the entire year uh, and and they ended up losing the championship game of, of their you know conference tournament Big 12 conference tournament and then similarly with Houston right I mean they went 31 and 2 all year um, they only lost to Alabama who's the number one overall seed and then they had a stinker at home against Temple and those are the only two losses that Houston had all year obviously until today and they get beat in their conference championship uh, as well and so that was kind of for me I'm like I feel like Purdue probably showed enough being that they you know they are in the conference that got the most teams into them into March Madness to begin with in addition to the fact that the other number one seeds Kansas and Houston both respectively lost their conference championship games whereas Houston or uh, Purdue was kind of able to, to pull everything out there so I don't know I guess that would be kind of my only gripe with it um, and and I think that I know another big kind of takeaway that I had at least for just kind of generally looking at the bracket I think that region uh, that Purdue is the number one seed for I'm trying to trying to see which uh, it's the east region um I, I think that's probably the toughest in kind of just looking at the general landscape of the bracket just seeing that you know Mar marquette's the two seed obviously they're not you know they they weren't kind of ranked inside the top 10 all year um but with kansas state the three seed they were ranked all year they were in the top 10 at some points um and then obviously for as well as you know in tennessee was pretty much in the top 10 all year duke finished the season you know winning eight straight they won the acc conference championship kentucky is never anything that you want to see <laughs> at this point uh in march with john calipari and then that second round matchup or i guess kind of the, the eight nine seed Memphis where we saw today Memphis beat Houston who was 
you know, 31 and two all season, you know, they were ranked number one for so long, especially coming into kind of the last, uh, you know, month or so of the season here, Memphis just beat up on Houston in, in the, in the AC or AAC conference championship game today. And, you know, them as an eight seed and that's, that's your second game for Purdue. That's going to be a little interesting. So I think that if I did have kind of one general takeaway, it'd be that definitely kind of, you know, I think, I think Purdue probably shouldn't have been the fourth or I guess the worst uh, ranked number one seed. And I think they're, they're kind of paying for it by being in this tough region uh so we'll kind of just see how that how that um i, I guess kind of unfolds as we as we go through the bracket here so yeah i think that was probably my kind of only when it comes to the number one seeds my my takeaway hey and if you have anything else to say then then that'd be fine i will also make the um the disclosure here that houston despite obviously you know losing pretty pretty badly against memphis today um they actually so their best player his name is marcus sasser uh he's been there ever since they made their final four run two years ago uh he's amazing right he, he's their best player he had like 33 points or something um in their in their quarterfinal match or semi semifinal or court i think it was a semifinal game against ucf uh, or maybe that was a quarterfinal because he got hurt in the semifinal game against ucf and or cincinnati sorry and that was kind of the big story was he got hurt in that game and then wasn't able to come back and he didn't play today against Memphis in the AAC championship game. So the question is, at least for Houston is like, this is a great team. They were 31 and two all year. Now they're 31 and three. They, I think they have the most wins of any team in the entire country. Uh, and it's just really going to come down to is Marcus Sasser going to be healthy. Obviously he'll have, you know, he was, I think he was like a questionable, like game time decision today. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, if he doesn't play, then, you know, if, if they're if they're determining whether or not he can play today, it should he should be fine to play in four days from now. Um, but I think his health going forward is going to really be key here to kind of because I mean Houston's actually if you look at the betting odds, Houston's the favorite to win the NCAA championship just because of how you know stacked their team is, how good they've been all year, uh, and that's going to be going to be the interesting thing I think for me is like seeing the health of their best player, especially if like you know obviously in the first round game you know. I mean, you know, they're, they're playing Northern Kentucky. They'll probably win that game without Marcus Sasser. But, you know, you think about an Auburn who's the nine seed right below them. That's a big team from the SEC that can really kind of, you know, give you some trouble if you don't have your, your, your most versatile best overall player in Marcus Sasser. So, so that's kind of the question to me is like, will Houston be able to kind of kind of get through the first couple rounds here if Marcus Sasser isn't hundred percent healthy. Uh, and then obviously kind of, you know, going forward, is he going to be able to, to be hundred percent healthy? You don't want to risk, you know, him having him re-injure, you know, your, you know, whatever happened, um, kind of, kind of have that flame up again. And then, you know, they might be kind of toast after that. Uh, so, so Houston's kind of the team dynamics and stuff as a, as a one seed themselves, um, despite the fact that they kind of have an easy, you know, pretty easy path here to the, to the sweet 16. Um, it, that's kind of the, the most questionable team, I guess, in my, my, uh, in my opinion right now, even though that's kind of, I hate to say that because I love Houston. I'd love to see them win a championship, you know, just because of how hard they've, they've worked and, and they're kind of in this smaller conference, but they don't get as much spec, I think, as they deserve. So uh, yeah. So those are kind of my, 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 uh, my takes, I guess, on the number one seeds, we can move on Hayden, unless you have something else to say. Yeah, we can move on. I was just going to I was honestly going to talk about the regions at large next and kind of which regions I th think are tougher and which regions I think are a little bit less tough. Um, actually, Matt was talking a little bit about Purdue being kind of unfairly getting that last one seed spot, which means they are in the bottom left region, which is the east region. I'm just going to refer to them as bottom left, top left, bottom right top right just because nobody knows which direction the or which region the which actual region of the united states each bracket region is playing in because i mean if yeah if, if you told me like okay who's the one seed in the west i i would not say kansas i wouldn't 
I would have a one in four chance of getting it right, but I probably wouldn't say Kansas because it has no, it has nothing to do where the, of, it has nothing to do with where the teams are playing or where the teams are from. Cause it's just a, a mixed bag of where every team is from. That's why the tournament is so cool because you get teams that never play each other um, in a million years and they're playing each other in the round of 64 and you might get a 14 over three upset. So my, my region, the East region is actually the least toughest region in the whole bracket. Um, and I think what is jumping out to me is the most is Duke at the five at the five seed, because if you look at this region, you've got Purdue as the one seed, you've got Marquette as a two seed and don't get me wrong. Marquette is they're good. Okay. They are very good. They were ranked in the top 10 for a pretty good part of that latter half of the regular season. They won the big East. Yes, that did happen. And they got a two seed, which was, which is great for them, but I still don't really know if they're, the best two seed out there. I don't know if they're, if they're the most tournament ready two seed out there. Um, and so that two seed is a little bit shaky there. Then at the three seed, you've got Kansas state who's been kind of all over the place. Like they, they were, they started, they got out to a really, really good start. I think they were like 17 and one at one point. And then they kind of fell off a little bit towards the end. And you didn't even really hear from them in the, in the big 10 championship moving on to the four seed. It's Tennessee who also, I, I don't know how far they made it in the SEC champion in the SEC tournament, but I don't they think they lost their first game to Missouri. Yeah, yeah, they didn't make it far. So you didn't hear about them much in the SEC tournament. So you've got a team there that's kind of cold coming off of a cold streak. That's not really too favorable coming into March. And then who do you have the five seed? It's Duke, who is probably the hottest team in all of college basketball right now. They've won nine straight. They haven't lost since that overtime UVA loss at UVA, which Madden, I have said it probably should have been a win for them anyway. So if they would have won that game, I don't even know what their win streak would be right now, but they're on a nine game win streak and they are right. Like I said, they're, they're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in all of college basketball right now. And they have possibly the easiest one through four seed to go up against in the whole entire bracket. So that's who that's the region I'm looking at. Um, I, I kind of, I was talking with a couple of my friends about the bracket even before it was made. So Yesterday, I was talking about the potential bracket with my friends, and I didn't really know where Duke was going to get seated because, again, Duke had early season struggles. They got hot towards the end. They won the ACC, ACC championship, but they're still at a five seed, and you don't really see that often, right? You, you usually see the Duke up there in the two seed or even the one seed, right? But you don't really see them in the five seed. So this is kind of a, a little bit of an unorthodox and a little bit of an unusual spot for them in the tournament, but I think that's kind of favorable for them. They're, they don't have as much pressure on them as they usually do. This is a Duke team that knows just the culture there. They know how to play in big games. They, they have, I don't know. I don't know how many freshmen they have. I think, I think they start at least three freshmen, but still they, those freshmen know how to play in big games. They got Jeremy Roach. Who's uh who's, who's a veteran guard there. He kind of leads the team. And then the rest of the guys just ball out with him. I think this is a perfect storm for Duke to get out of this region almost easily. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that they for sure will, uh, but I, I probably will be picking Duke like this. This is eye popping. I'm again, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of a hint to what I might be picking right now, but this is the one team. Duke is the one team right now that is screaming at me in terms of the competition that they're playing in their region. And also in terms of how hot they are right now and how they're looking coming into March. Duke is the one team in this tournament that I'm saying this, this is the perfect storm for them because again, they don't have as much pressure on them. They know how to play in big games and they're who's their coach. It's John Shire. 
John Shire. He's he, he's amazing. I mean, he took over for Mike Krzyzewski, uh when he left, and this is his first year, and he's he's led them to, I think, 24, 23 plus wins. So he's done a great job with them this year. Uh, he obviously knows how to coach freshmen, and that's if, if that's your team style, if that's the style of play that you have, is to is to get a bunch of freshmen and put them on the court and go win twenty three games or twenty four games. Fine, do it. And that's that. I think that's exactly what Duke's doing. I don't really think I'm too worried about their inexperience in terms of the the age of their guys in the, in this position in the tournament. I, I I agree, and it's unfortunate because it's Duke, right? And you don't want to, yeah. especially when it comes to March Madness. They're kind of the you know the hated team because they're always so good and they've been so good for so long under John, under uh, Mike Shostevsky. And now you're right; they kind of come in, new coach. He's a young guy. They got a bunch of young players. They're you know they're getting hot at the right time. They made a run in the ACC championship. They you know they won it. They beat UVA. So it's one of those things where you and I agree, Hayden. I think that they you know they could be a really trendy upset pick here. Um, you probably won't be alone in that right because kind of at this point everybody knows that even though duke has struggled this year they ended on such a hot streak and they're making kind of you know making news uh out here now that that i could see a lot of people kind of going that same route and 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 kind of having duke uh go a long way but i could see it right and, and that's that's really all you need is to just get hot at the right time we saw with unc man last year they, they barely made the tournament to begin with because they had a big run in the uh, in the ACC championship or the ACC conference tournament last year, and they make it all the way to the championship game. And then what happens? They they basically bring back four of their five starters. They get they're the um, the preseason number one, you know, ranked in the in the you know in the in the preseason rankings. They were the number one in the uh, number one team in the AT, in the AP poll. This is actually the first year in the history of college basketball where the preseason number one AP poll ranked team has not made the tournament. So that just goes to show you, like. You can get hot at the right time. You might, your team might not be, you know, that talented or, or, or that together or whatever it may be, but it, right. If you just kind of do it at the right time, that's all that matters. Um, I just think it's so it's, it, it's going to be either extreme with Duke. I think they're either going to make a long run or I think they're going to lose the first game. They're playing Oral Roberts. All right. Now, if you remember, and, and again, this is kind of, you know, little bit little bit little bit deeper but two years ago Oral Roberts was the number 15 seed they played the number two seed Ohio State they upset Ohio State as a 15 seed then they played I forget who they played but it was like the seven seed it was like the Cincinnati or yeah I think it might have been Florida that's right it was Florida yeah um and they upset Florida as well and so Oral Roberts is this 15 seed got to the sweet 16 and then they played Arkansas and that was the year that Arkansas you know made it kind of made a, a pretty big run and so and that was a really great Arkansas team as well and and you actually I think I was watching I remember watching that game um Oral Roberts had like a chance to make a three at the end and it clanked off the rim like three times otherwise they would have been in the elite eight as, as a 15 seed now obviously that happened with St. Peter's last year as well right but I think and and to kind of wrap all this back up Oral Roberts won thir- I think they went 30 and four this season so they won the second most games to Houston um, in the, of anyone in the entire country. Max Azemus, who's kind of the who was kind of the, the star that kind of came out of that Sweet 16 run for two years ago, he's still playing on this team. So he's playing for the for Or Roberts right now as well. And, and and I could very much see Or Roberts winning this game. So that's to me an interesting thing. I mean, you know, Ken Hayden Hayden went on a good a good tangent about. Duke and, and how far they can go. And I, I totally believe in the hype, but it's just interesting how they're matched up against this team that, you know, that could, that could really kind of, kind of shock some people. So I wouldn't be surprised if Duke actually kind of, you know, loses their first game there, which I think would be, would be pretty cool. Um, one of the biggest, and I'll kind of transition to the next topic here. One of the biggest uh, trends in the NCAA tournament for going back, like 
literally 20 years or even longer at this point is the amount of upsets that we see from the 6-11 matchup. Uh, and, and it's mostly because like, seriously, it's like, I think, I think basically the, the 6-11 seed, 6-11 seeds have been like 50-50 in terms of like the, the, the team from the certain seed that moves on to the next round, or, or, or I guess wins the, you know, wins the first round game. It's basically been 50% of the 11 seeds have won and 50% of the six seeds has won. Um, and you kind of think about that. You're like, wow, that, that seems like a pretty big upset, like six versus 11, you know? Um, but I, I, and I think the reason for that is because, and as you can even see uh, in this, in this year's uh, bracket as well. Yeah. So four of the first four, games like four teams from the first four games um are playing in that playing basically to get an 11 seed in the tournament be able to play in the first round so obviously this year it's mississippi state and Pitt who are playing in the first four and they're going to be matched up against iowa state and then the other game is arizona state and nevada and they're going to be matched up against tcu so and that and that's kind of again one of those things where you almost want to be playing more games in a row in March to just have that momentum, have that mentality and, and, and kind of the, you know, to be able to kind of keep going forward throughout the tournament. And so a lot of those teams that play in the first four are actually really good. They're just kind of, it's, you know, they, they were in a really good conference. They had some bad losses early and they may have gotten hot at the end of the year, earned a spot to be in the first four, won their first four game. And now they're going up against a six seed who is usually a good team from a kind of a, a, a lesser conference or not, you know, not obviously kind of, you know, not one of the, one of the top five seeds. Um, but, but kind of is is you you can kind of see some questions there right and I think that you know I think the six seeds this year overall are pretty strong so that's why I was going to say that's why I wanted to make this point is that interestingly enough as I said I think it's like I said like 50-50 where you want to pick those 11 seeds because it always happens it's basically a 50-50 split as to you know whether or not half of the six seeds are going to go or half the 11 seeds are going to go um this year though like I said I, I it'll be it'll be interesting to see because I think I mean Iowa State is obviously they kind of fell off towards the end of the year in terms of, you know, kind of going on a winning streak. They, then they kicked their best player off the team. I think it was a grades issue or something like that. And then they turn around, they beat Baylor twice in the span of a week. Uh, and then, and then obviously, you know, lost to Kansas in the, uh, in the, in the semifinals of the big 12 championship, but you know, kind of still a, a, a great showing from Iowa state here after kind of, it seemed like their season was tanking. They, they turned around and, and were really great TCU also from the big 12, um, you know, obviously kind of lost to Kansas in the semifinals of the big 12 championship, but you know, still got there. They had a great season. They were ranked in the top 10, top 20 um, for, for most of the year. And, and they, like I said, I think their best player didn't play or one of their best players didn't play in, um, in, in the first round of the big 12 uh, tournament, but I think he's going to be back for March madness. So, you know, TCU is a really good six seed as well. Kentucky, obviously, you know, that kind of goes without saying they made a run towards the end of the season here. They lost to Vanderbilt twice in a week, which again, that's just, it can be, you can think of it as a kind of an anomaly, or you can think of it as, Hey, this Kentucky team might be a little bit fraudulent as we saw, you know, kind of earlier in the year when it seemed like they weren't even going to make the tournament at all. And then the last six seed is Creighton, who was the three seed in the, um, in the, in the big East this year. They made it all the way to the semifinals of the Big East tournament. Um, they were ranked inside the top 10 to start the year. They just kind of started out slow and never really never really capitalized on that potential that I think a lot of people saw in them, but are still a very solid team, and, and their starting five is, is, is really great. So that's an interesting thing for me is, like, this kind of trend of 11 seeds beating six seeds. And I'm, I'm usually able to, like, kind of nail these pretty well. Um, but this year, I'm almost like – I almost want to take all the six seeds just because – they're at least solid teams, either, either they're solid teams um, that I, that I know that, you know, can, can actually win these games because they've proven at least to, to look good, you know, at some point throughout the season or their matchup, you know, the team they're playing isn't really, 
you know, you can kind of poke holes in them as well. So um, I like to see what Hayden thinks about the, the, the 6-11 matchup this year, which, like I said, is usually, you know, and all the bracket experts are going to tell you, you know, make those, make sure you get those 11 seeds in because it's going to happen, you know, and, and a lot of times 11 seed will be able to beat the three seed because, like I said, the 11 seed is usually a team from a bigger conference that has shown enough to obviously get, get into the tournament, but is not one of those like, you know, five or six seeds where, you know, they, they were near the top of their conference all year, but they're still good enough to beat, you know, maybe a mid major uh, or, a, or a team on the, on the sixth line from a mid major, obviously Iowa state and TCU are two of the six or two of the four uh, six seeds this year. And they came from the best conference in the big 12. So, um, so that's kind of my, my thing right now is I, I want to pick some 11 seeds because they always, you know, they always do well, but, but I guess I'm kind of like, I see these six seeds and I, I really like their potential and their matchups for their specific kind of, you know, where they're at in the bracket. So Hayden, what do you got on the, on the six eleven matchups this year? I'll actually make your stat a little bit more precise here. And to be more precise, it's not 50, 50. It's actually in the last, uh, I think it's since 2014. So in the last eight tournaments, the 11 seed has actually won 58% of matchups over the six seed. So the 11 seeds have won more matchups since 2014. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's it's nuts. So that's interesting. I mean, that you've you've got to look at that, and like Matt was saying, you've got to look at that. And there's no way that you don't pick an 11 seed in in your bracket. It's got to happen. Uh, I can't remember the last time that it didn't happen. I think it said like I think since in in those eight turn in the past eight tournaments, there's only been one time in the past eight tournaments that at least three of the six seeds have won. So that means that there's been I think at least two 11 seeds that have won in every single in seven out of the last eight tournaments, which is nuts. I, I can't even comprehend that. I mean, that, that sounds just so ridiculous to me knowing that, right. There's such a big disparity. There, there seems like there should be such a big disparity between the 11 seed and the six seed. But like Matt said, those playing games, a lot of times that's where you want to look to pick an upset, an, an 11 over six upset, because that play in team that played in the, one of those first four games before the tournament even starts, they already have a, a game under their belt and then they're playing again either the next day or, or the day after. Right. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta take that into account. They're hot. You know, they're already warmed up. The other guys are, they're cold at, you know, waiting a week to play, waiting, waiting a week to play their first game in March. It, it's, it plays a factor. So, but the other thing is that like, you don't know if you, if you want one team to win from any of those play-in games, right? So if, if you're looking at the Arizona State-Nevada matchup and you say, okay, well, Arizona State, they're a pretty good team. They've uh, they made a pretty good run in the in the Pac-12 tournament and they've got a they've got a pretty good chance of taking down TCU, then you've got to bank on them on winning. And then if Nevada wins, you're like, oh well, shoot, you know, I didn't want to pick Nevada, but then your bracket's already locked. So um, you know, it 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 kind of works out the way it does. And you can also make like after those games are finished, you can switch up your bracket to to change it. Um, but sometimes like the, I think that some of those games are played on Wednesday night. And then sometimes, you know, your your bracket locks at 12 o'clock PM Eastern on Thursday when the game starts. So sometimes you forget to check your bracket in between that playing game and the start of the actual tournament. And then you're kind of screwed with Nevada beating TCU who it's probably not as likely as Arizona state to, to beat TCU. Right. So it's just, that's kind of the, the, the phenomenon that happens there, but I kind of agree with you, Matt. I don't think that there's really any weak six seeds here. I actually think I'm, I'm going to make a pretty crazy point here. Pretty crazy. Uh, I guess maybe maybe a bit of a reach of a of a take here, but I'm going to go ahead and say that there's more questionable four seeds than there are six seeds. Now, if we look at the four seeds here, 
we've got UVA in the top in the top left. And it seems like we're always hating on UVA on this podcast. I like I hate to do it, but they're, they're they are inconsistent at times. They are they are a good team in terms of things that you want to look for in the tournament. They are a good team, right? They they have very good ball possession. Um, they have the they have the best assist to turnover ratio in the country out of any team in the country. And that's mainly because they hold on to the ball for so long and they don't turn the ball over much. Uh, well, that was kind of debunked on uh, what was it last night when, uh, when they lost to Duke and they turned the ball over, I think 10 times in the first like 30 minutes and they, they averaged nine turnovers a game up until that game. And then they turned the ball over 10 times in the first 30 minutes with 10 minutes left to play in the second half. Um, and that's, definitely why they lost in my opinion but um yeah i mean uva they they're they're a little bit prone to losses against teams that are able to put up a lot of points and that team against teams that are able to shoot well from the three point line it's you, you kind of can't really defend threes and so that's why good three pointing shoot uh, good three point shooting teams often make a big run in the tournament or at least make it at least one upset in the tournament because you can't really defend those um, UVA has, yeah, has great interior defense and they have really good like switch off defense, but sometimes it just doesn't really work out that way. So that's kind of a weak four seed. Um, the other, another weak four seed, I think is Indiana. We've talked about them. They beat Purdue twice, but other than that, what really have they done? They, I don't think that they've really done much. Um, they got knocked out of the big 10 tournament in, was it the, they didn't go to the championship. Did they? No, they lost to Penn State in the semifinals. Yeah, in the semifinals, right? So they got knocked out in the semifinals by Penn State. Penn State's on a very hot run. We might mention them in a little bit, um, you know, kind of towards the end of the podcast. But Indiana is another team that's kind of a little bit questionable, right? They, they've they got those two really, really good players in Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino. But Jalen Huchifino had a terrible game against Penn State, and they lost because of it, I think. So if one of, their, if one of those two guys is off, and actually they – Penn State, the Penn State head coach before the game, before that semifinal game in the Big Ten tournament, uh, the Penn State head coach told one of the reporters, like, basically, we're only going to guard Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino, and we're going to let everybody else shoot the ball. We're going we're gonna to make other guys score, and that's exactly what they did, and they beat Indiana. So I think that you kind of have a recipe to beat Indiana at this point. So they're a pretty weak four seed there. They're playing Kent State, who I have absolutely no idea about. I'm going to have to read up on them and see if – I get any confirmation bias um, from Kent state, but that's another weak four seed, in my opinion. And then you've got UConn and Tennessee. I think UConn's a pretty strong four seed. Like I, I think UConn is, is probably going to be a, a good lock to beat Iona. Um, but then you've also got Tennessee who's, who's playing UL Lafayette, who I don't, I have no idea about university of Louisiana Lafayette um, in basketball, but Tennessee on the other hand, like, like we already said, we kind of already mentioned them being one of the weaker four seeds, one of the weaker parts of that bottom left region where Duke is. Um, I'm not saying that Tennessee's for sure going to lose to UL Lafayette, but what I am saying is that they're another weak four, they're another susceptible four seed, I, I think, in, in this position. So I think we've got more weak four seeds than we than we do six seeds this year, which is interesting. Usually you don't really look at the 4-13 matchup to be an upset bid. Um, but the last, I, I will tell you that the last time that UVA was a four seed, they played Ohio two years ago and Ohio as a 13 seed beat them. I actually picked that game correctly too. And all my friends hated me for it because that was my first year at UVA. And I, I faded the who's and it, <laughs> it turned out to be right, but I was proud of myself for that. And that was kind of my one minute of glory for that first round of the tournament. And then 
the rest of my bracket just went to absolute crap. So yeah, I would just say that look, look for one of these four seeds, either Tennessee, UVA, or Indiana to be in the, be in a position for an upset bid um, to the 13 seed that they're playing. I don't know. I don't exactly know which ones I'm going to pick yet. I do have UVA picked over Furman right now in my bracket, but that very well might change before Tuesday when we do our bracket episode. So be on the lookout for that. Be ready for me to give my pick there. That's going to be a game that I think about a lot because I've heard that Furman is one of the best scoring teams in the country. They score, I think it's like top 10 points per game. So I'll save that analysis for then. But um, but yeah, I would say that the four seeds are, are definitely looking a little shaky in terms of uh, how, they, how they stack up against the six seeds looking shaky this year. I, I completely agree, and I, I would almost agree that there might be more 13 seeds that win than 11 seeds this year, um, which is which is pretty interesting. But um, but definitely agree with your analysis there, Hayden. And, and obviously, we'll see kind of come our uh, come our next podcast who we end up going with on those 13 over four matches because those are tough to get, you know, especially because the four seeds are usually you know one of the two or three best teams, um, you know, in, in, in major conferences. And we see obviously the ACC by, uh, you know, UVA, big 10 is Indiana. And then, um, you know, kind of have the SEC and biggies rounded out with Tennessee and, and, and UConn. The other thing to keep out, keep a watch out with Tennessee. And we'll mention this too, but as uh, Ziegler is their best player, he actually tours ACL and he's out for the rest of the rest of the season. It was right. I think right before the conference tournament, um, or maybe in the, I think it was the last game of the regular season, which is why they didn't even, I mean, they didn't even win their first round, first round matchup in the AC or the SEC tournament uh, against Missouri there. So, so, and, and Tennessee's on that four line, you know, so, so very much, I think, right for an upset. Um, I, right now I'm going to transition to the, to the two seeds. And I think that they're all very strong this year. Um, and I think we, I almost think of them as, as stronger than most years, just because I think, you know, there has been, and, and as we said to start the show, I mean, obviously, right, Alabama, Purdue, Houston, and Kansas have been kind of the four best teams all year, kind of in a, in a tier or a class of their own. But but I would I would almost say that just because it, it seems like, you know, the number one team was losing every single week and you really couldn't get, you know, one team that you thought was was really great to kind of consistently be up there at, at the number one slot. We saw a lot of these, the teams that are two seeds now, were just kind of hanging around in the top, the rest of the top 10 um, throughout the rest of the, throughout the rest of the regular season, at least. And now we're kind of here and 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 we're seeing it and i think even you know the interesting thing too is like you know with ucla for example right so they're a two seed um in the um in the in the west region with kansas as the one seed ucla was number two in the country coming into this this week right and they lost the se or they lost the pac-12 championship to to arizona who's another two seed uh as well but you know that that's one of those things where alabama was number one in the country they won the sec championship and now they're one number one seed overall but ucla was a two or they were number two in the country overall um you know kind of coming into the week and and so they should have at least been considered for a one seed and they you know they kind of weren't they, they got the two seed. similarly i think with texas is you know the argument is there you know they could have been a one especially because of how well they performed to end the season they beat kansas at you know at, at at their home place um by i think by 14 or so points and then they obviously beat kansas again in the big 12 championship by 20 points so and and texas i mean they beat tcu the game before that they just kind of ran through the entire tournament with with ease and i think they're playing their best basketball at the right time as well so um so i think there's some really strong two seeds but obviously i mean it's happened the last two years you know can we get a 15 seed um you know to to kind of upset one of these two seeds i don't the only one I see, unfortunately, is is probably the probably the the Marquette over for, uh, you know Mar- Marquette is playing Vermont um, in the bottom of the uh, of the East region here, and 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 we talked about it right. Marquette is is one of those teams, and, and like I said on the last podcast, I'm kind of 
I mean, I like the, I like the Packers. The Marquette's probably the closest college to that, so I've kind of always had them as, as as a little bit of a soft spot uh, in terms of kind of you know teams I root for. And then, ironically enough, you know, we live in Richmond, and, and Shaka Smart was the coach of VCU when they made the Final Four. Shaka Smart's now the coach of Marquette, right? And he he did a great job this year. They won the Big East in the regular season. They also won the Big East tournament um, pretty convincingly. Like I said, you know, they beat Xavier by I think by 15 in that last game there. Uh, they beat UConn despite UConn kind of having the crowd there too. So I think Marquette is very much deserving of a two seed. And I think people are kind of not going to respect them as much uh, because of that, because you just don't, you haven't really heard of them uh, all year. And, and they, and they've been playing their best basketball kind of, you know, tor- towards the end of the season here when they didn't really have a top 10 ranking really until I think the last week of the season. Um, but, but just looking at the other 15 seeds, you know, UNC Asheville's playing um, UCLA and Princeton's playing Arizona. Neither of those teams were actually even projected to make the tournament. Um, they just kind of had an upset win in their conference tournament and they ended up getting the automatic qualifier because of that. And two, like I said, you know, with Arizona and UCLA, they're both from the Pac-12. They were, you know, top 10 teams all year. The Pac-12 isn't the isn't the best conference in the in, in the country, but definitely, you know, these teams are, are very quality teams. And I think they're both playing, you know, easy mass up, easy matchups in in you know, kind of insofar as like the teams that they're playing um kind of were, were upsets to win their conference tournament to begin with. Texas over Colgate. Um, this is kind of the other the other two seed. Um I, I really like Colgate. I think that they, I mean just kind of looking at their conference tournament, they play in a very, very small conference up there in the Northeast, but they're one of those teams where like, I think they've won it three years in a row now. And I think they played three games in their conference tournament to, you know, to get the automatic bid into, into the NCAA tournament here. Um, and I think they won each game by at least 17 points or something like that. Like it's, it was an absolute blowout every time they played. They, I don't even think they lost a conference game during the regular season. And, and, you know, here they are as a 15 seed. So when you get a team and, and they're kind of, you know, they're based upon shooting and, and that's kind of just how they, how they do it. So when you get a team like that, where, they can kind of get hot at any time and they're playing a team like Texas, which is very much, you know, ground and pound. You get your, get your bigs down low and kind of control the glass. That style of basketball, the whole, you know, you know, using your big men and, 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 you know, getting boards and rebounding and, you know, and pounding the glass and, and, get, and getting your shots and points in the paint. Sometimes that doesn't work as much against these teams that are very much, you know, kind of a finesse team like Colgate, where you, you really just rely on your shooters. And if your shooters get hot, who knows what can happen, you know? So, um, so I honestly see that, you know, I mean, I guess I would say that the, probably the most likely, um, 15 seed upset would probably be Colgate over Texas. Obviously Texas is probably the hottest two seed or, or the highest ranked two seed, I would say, um, in terms of, you know, they probably e- just as easily could have gotten a one seed because of how well they played in the big 10 or sorry, big 12 down the stretch there, including, you know, beating Kansas in the big 12 championship, who is a one seed. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see if, if any of these two seeds go down to a 15 seed, I don't even see it even with Marquette, I, you know, Vermont's a good team, but I just think that they play a very similar styles as Marquette and Marquette is actually has one of the best offenses in the entire, in the entire country. Right. So it's one of those things where you, you know, it's different from a Texas Colgate where Colgate's offense is great. Texas is kind of, you know, focused on the big guys. And if, if Colgate shoots the lights out, Texas won't really be able to defend Marquette does shoot the lights out though. Right. And so as a two seed, that's what you're looking for is, you know, if they're, if they're not shooting too well and, and Vermont's able to turn on, then okay. But if they're playing similar styles of basketball, Marquette just has better athletes at the end of the day. And I think that's what it's going to come down to in that matchup. So, um, so I, I would say that, you know, if, and, and I'll probably, cause like I Hayden said, we make 25 brackets. So I might, you know, I might pick Colgate in a couple of them just to kind of see what can end up there. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, kind of go from there, I guess. But I think, just, just looking at it, I think, you know, you kind of always try to look for that really the, that, you know, that one of those huge upsets that could happen. Unfortunately, I just don't see it this year. Hayden, what about you? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that this is a little bit of a 
illusion in my opinion, just because you never really go into any tournament thinking a 15 seed is going to be the two seed. Whenever Duke is the two seed though, let me tell you, I do. I've learned to pick against them because I think it was like twice in the span of three years. uh, The first time against Lehigh and then the second time against Mercer, Duke was the two seed and they lost uh, against the 15 seed. So it, it does happen. Actually the, I think it's like 10 total times. There's been 10 times where the 15 seed has beat the two seed. And I think six of those 10 times have happened within the past 10 years. So that's, that's a little bit of a fun fact there for you. And then like Matt said, actually two of them have happened the past two years. So um, that's, it's happening more often now, which is great. It's great to see because who doesn't like upsets, but it also screws up a lot of people's brackets because some people do pick two seeds to go far in the tournament. Um, I've kind of learned, I've learned my lesson. And I think that like, I think that picking two, a two seed to go to the final four is almost forbidden in my book. Now, obviously, if you really like a team, if you, if you love a team like UCLA, which I do at that point, it's like, okay, you can't just say just because they're a two seed, I'm not going to pick them to go to the final four, but it is something to look out for. Like Matt said, with Texas, Picking Texas to go super far is is a little bit risky, at least this year, because they're playing Colgate, and Colgate is the best three-point shooting team in the country. They, I think they shoot 41% from the three-point line, but Colgate also doesn't really have any defense. And they, I think all of their players, all five of their starters score or average double figures in every in you know in each game that they've played but they have no defense. So it's like, that's one of those teams where, right. They could, they could go out there and put up 85 points against Texas just because they're shooting lights out from three. They're shooting like 48% from three. And then they win the game over Texas who definitely should have won that game and, and, you know, could have made a good run. So it's like, it's, it's just kind of, I think picking two seeds to go really, really far. If, especially if you're trying to get those final four teams, right or those championship teams, right? Or even the champion, if you're picking a two seed to win the championship, it's just, just be a little bit wary because yes, that 15 over two seed is a lot more common than is the 16 over one seed. Um, I, I think even the three over, I think even like the four, the 14 over the three seed is, I I don't know like the total matchup statistics, but I'm pretty sure like the 14 over three seed, at least in recent years has been even more uncommon than the 15 over two seeds. So just keep that in mind when you're making your brackets and you're picking two seeds to possibly go far. Um, it, it, it kind of all, you know, just, yeah, just, just be wary of that. But uh, I don't know if, if that's, if that's all we want to talk about for today, I'm good to end it here. I don't, we could talk about like the seven, 10 seeds, Matt, I know you were talking about, uh, Penn State and Texas A&M playing each other in the first round and how you wanted to pick both of them to go f- far, but you were disappointed that they're playing each other actually at the seven and 10 seed, um, 10, Penn State being the 10 seed and then Texas A&M being the seven seed. Do you want to take, talk a little bit about that or we can just kind of call it a night? No, I mean, you you pretty much said it right there. That's, that's kind of my, I think that's going to be the best game of the first round. I think both teams are so hot coming in it's just going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see. I could see both. I could see either team blowing the other team out. I could see it being a triple overtime game. I, you know, I have, I have no idea, but definitely wanted to kind of use both of those guys as, as they were both those teams as, you know, potential upset picks or, or some, you know, team that could make a run. And I'm like, of course they're playing each other. Like, what am I going to do with this? So haven't even really gotten into 
who I'm going to end up going with as my kind of final selection there as, as to who I think is going to, is going to win, but definitely kind of the winner of that game. I, I could, I could also see myself kind of, you know, having them make a run uh, in the, in, in the tournament as well. So, but yeah, that's definitely my, my, my going to be my most anticipated matchup of the first round for sure. All right. Well, that being said, um, I'm going to spare you guys my most interesting matchup because I don't think I really have one yet. I, I haven't had much time to, I had a meeting at seven 30, right after the selection so ended and it went until eight about 8.15 so when we started the podcast. So I didn't really have any time to look at the bracket before we started recording, at least in depth. And so I don't really have a, a big matchup that I'm looking at quite yet. But that just means that there's more to talk about on Tuesday night when we drop our full bracket picks episode, which I'm so excited for. Actually, like I know our March Madness episodes last year did some of the best out of any episode that we dropped last year in kind of the in season two, I guess. And so I'm hoping it'll be the same this year. Uh, this is kind of, I guess this is, a, this is like almost the second episode of the conference tournament slash March Madness, like getting ready for March Madness slash picking March Madness series here. We had the conference tournaments episode on Friday. And then we have this episode tonight reactions to selection Sunday. And then we have our, our big episode on um, on Tuesday that we're going to pick everything. And that'll probably be, I imagine an hour and a half at least. Um, but yeah, it's kind of our, our halfway midway point in the little series that we're doing here before March madness. And it's super fun. We, we love doing this. This is like Matt said, this is the most fun time of the year for us in terms of sports at least. And so, um, yeah, so, so we're happy to do three, uh, three episodes in the span of what, five days, I think it is. So um, yeah, super stoked to get, to get to the, to making our actual picks. We will have, obviously we'll, we will have our actual brackets done by then. And then maybe in that episode, we can talk a little bit about like some funny brackets that we've picked or some funny champions that we've picked in our other brackets that we've made. Cause by then we will probably have made at least 10 or 12 brackets. So um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a fun time though. Stay tuned for that on Tuesday probably going to come out around the same, maybe a little bit earlier than the one tonight uh, is dropping because it's, it's a little bit late tonight, but, uh, but we'll try to get that one out on Tuesday to you um, as soon as possible, you know, obviously evening slash nighttime, but that's how it'll be. And we're super stoked. So without further ado, we are going to end off this episode. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for that episode because it's going to be a banger, but good night for today.